Hi, my name's Jomo, and this is Doers and Sayers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. DNS. We, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, as you know, I do this show with um three other, four other guys, one woman, uh, one guy, and one woman is not here, Emily and K Rico. So uh, back out. on the show again. Uh, we have uh, the infamous what Richard? What Richard? Oh, what Richard? Pete yeah, Gable. Right. <laughs> then sitting to my immediate left, we have uh, Wasabi Wilson. Young Wasabi. Um, this week's show, uh, we are at Bearden Brickyard. Um, yo, it's a cool place uh, located in West Knoxville in the Bearden area. Um, good beer. If you ever come out here, definitely come out. Uh, I think. Uh, Shout out to DJ Earl Grey because he helped us get in here. Yo, definitely and shout out Earl Grey. And um, every Monday, it's bring your own vinyl and you get like a dollar off beer. Also, get you one of these spring mules and Tito's mug. <laughs> <laughs> All right. It makes you wiser. All right. Enough of the small talk. <laughs> the man sitting to my immediate right. Yo, I had an Aiden English setup for you, yo. All oh, right, you gonna, you're gonna sing the intro. I would be like, it's DJ Wiggs. Like, like, but you know, I had a whole thing, thing, but it's like, yeah. But um, yo, like I said, <laughs> the man sitting to my right, um, a pioneer of the of the local Knoxville hip hop scene, came to visit us, and yo, we just had to have him on. So, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, I present to you, DJ Wiggs. That is absolutely the kindest introduction I've ever had. Yeah, that is so far. That so is far. Uh, you, you've done an amazing job at putting me over already. I appreciate that. You got four more introductions coming on this episode. <laughs> Probably. Um, yo, whenever whenever I speak about DJ Wiggs, I say, um, I don't know if you ever listen. I don't know if you listen to Dolly the People's, but I always say that's a dangerous man that can speak with his hands. Oh. And shout out Bad Boo. Yeah. Yeah, but like I say that for wigs. All every time I see him, like that's a dangerous man that speaks with his hand. That's where I got it from. If you ever wondered, like why does he always say that whenever he sees me? Oh, I know. Uh, oh, yeah, okay. I, I'm a huge <laughs> dilated fan. Yeah. I actually always held up dilated as like one of the like perfect blueprints of how right. it is that you can build a hip hop group. Like right. you, you've got somebody that's like uh, a real fire spitter and evidence um, yeah. who just you know spits like street like street slick talk. Yeah. And you've got the you got the conscious voice and rock Iris science, right. and then you've got one of the dopest DJs you could possibly ask for in right. Babu. So. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a, yeah, yeah. a huge dilated fan. My first college radio show, I named the Platform Radio Show. Huge oh, okay. dilated yeah. fan. Oh, fire. so um, was this at WTK? Uh, no, this is actually prior. Um, so I, I grew up in Chattanooga, okay. and uh, there was a college station there um, for uh, Chattanooga State. Uh, unfortunately, it doesn't exist anymore. It's right. WAWL 91.5, and that was the very first place I ever had a college show at. Okay, cool. Dope, dope, wow. dope. Yo, so, um, so now, if you, if you grew up in, you say you grew up in Chattanooga. Grew up in Chattanooga, yep. How does someone who grew up in Chattanooga learn to get 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 access to a lot of the East Coast hip hop? Because it's like you know, if I think about it at the time, you had like with Chat, you had Three Six, you know, very popping back in the um, I won't say like maybe like the to early to mid nineties. I think that's like when I first got down here. That's when I started hearing Three Six and and everybody's and hypnotized mind all that stuff. So how does one hear the, hear this sound? How hear hear more of an East Coast East Coast vibe, or just like I guess, like a more the, like the non non regional hip hop, I would say the yeah. traditional hip hop, right? Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, so I, I should probably out myself in the beginning and say I'm in my mid thirties. Okay, um, so w- when I first began listening to hip hop, it was in the very early nineties, like, uh, you know, uh, it's about eight, nine years old, kind of started discovering my first right. music. So the first music I discovered was actually West coast hip hop. I, okay. I, I first got on to like Dre, Snoop, Warren G right, and stuff right, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but then, you know, uh, immediately following, you know, Nas, Biggie, Wu-Tang, you know, Mob Deep, of course. Um, and, um, it, it really kind of flowed from there. Like, Southern hip-hop was not a thing until Master P dropped Bout It, Bout It in 1996. Mm-hmm. Okay. So um, I didn't even start with Southern hip-hop. I guess you could have counted, you know, Outkast as Southern Playlistic mm-hmm. in 94. Um, but I'll be real, I wasn't cool enough to listen to that in 94. <laughs> I didn't pick up on them until uh, 96 for the AT Aliens album. Okay, right, yeah. right, 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 right. I think that's when um, I started listening to, like, taking Outkast more seriously as a group. And I was living in, in Georgia, so um, I was getting my share of... Um, I guess like the like the regional hip hop that's going on like um I'm gonna say like eight ball MJG um there was a guy out there named Kilo Ali um there's another dude out there named Showtime like in Atlanta it was it was just just like a lot of artists but it was like there were no stations playing them the way I would get my hip hop was listening to Georgia State's radio station which was a uh, WRS yeah so every every Sunday from ten at night till two in the morning they would be playing classic underground hip hop yeah. it was like that was my fix because it was like if I was to the radio they Hot one hot ninety seven point five wasn't didn't have it. V one hundred three wasn't playing hip hop, so that was how I was getting my fix of hip hop back then. It was, it was, it was fun times. Yeah, um, college stations have long yeah. been like dope supporters of underground hip hop. Like right. that's why I've always gravitated towards college radio right. during all my time as a DJ, uh, because nobody else was playing those sounds. Uh, and, and you're exactly right about that Georgia State station. Like every time I've ever been in Atlanta, like that's exactly where I tune in at. Right. I had buddies that lived in Atlanta that would send me cassettes of the uh, I think it was called the Bomb Radio Show. I'm not yeah. sure if that was the same yeah. one that was going yeah. on your yeah. time or not. Yeah. But um, yeah, that I mean, that's where it was at. That that's that's where you got your news. That's where you figured out about breaking artist, you know, yeah. and uh, because you weren't finding about them otherwise, because we're talking about a pre-internet era, right. you know, where yeah. you were, where you really had to dig for music, like like it was it was hard to come by, right? Yeah, you know. I would definitely like to take this time to kind of like continue on that uh, acknowledgement of college radio. Shout out uh, Stretch Armstrong, Bobito. Mm-hmm. You know, shout out what you did at UT. Shout out the people that are still carrying the torch at UT. Yep, yep. You know what I mean? Locally, including our own. DJ K Rico, yep, yep. R- R- Rico with the uh, <laughs> the uh, boutique show, man. He's he's one of the uh, people that I feel like locally, I know I could get something fresh and new from. You know what I'm saying? Because I don't hear I hear a lot of, you know, piggybacking on what you're saying about a lot of music being broken through college radio during the '90s and in that '90s vibe time, like the early '90s. You heard. You might have heard Wu-Tang for the first time on college radio. A lot of people did. And a lot of those sounds, it seemed like the people who, a lot of the people who go through those channels for music, they're still playing that music. Mm-hmm. Like, they're still playing 90s hip-hop. They're using this college platform, but they're not using it to break new music. They're using it to kind of play yeah. on the mm-hmm. stuff that originally broke on college radio. And I think, you know, you got to keep breaking new stuff, man, if, if you can as long as it's dope. Yeah, I hear you. and you, you bring up Rico. I actually met Rico through college radio. Mm. When we were doing the edutainment hip-hop show in the mid-2000s, uh, he started coming around. And, uh, man, uh, r- r- <laughs> I'm not trying to put homie on blast or anything, but real shy dude in the beginning, you know, yeah. uh, super humble, super cool, always knew about the new upcoming shit. We can curse, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. good. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, But I, I, like, I remember when he got his first MPC. 
Um, I, I, remember, I remember when he started bringing projects around and like his fir- the first stuff that he was doing and, and like yeah. right out the gate he was doing incredible work. That guy's always been like a little brother to me. I, yeah, I got no. mad love for Rico. I wish he was here today, yeah, but that, you know, he's he's busy. Busy. but he's busy and yeah. I love that for him. Was yeah, that yeah. when he was rocking the John Travolta cut? Or it not? has to be. <laughs> Maybe it's pre-Travolta. Pre-Travolta. Juan. Yeah, I Quan. call him Juan Travolta. He, he, I remember the little like... Oh, man. He had a good leather yeah. jacket. Man. Yeah. Good amount yeah. of zippers on there. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Solid, zippers are a must. Solid zippers. He was yeah. about to fight the Fonz. So, <laughs> so, so when you came here and, and you were at UTK, how did how did the whole edutainment hip-hop show get started? Um, so... I, I can say this now because I'm not involved in legitimate radio anymore. Okay. Um, I was involved in pirate radio first uh, okay. that existed here in Knoxville. Yeah, it was okay. uh, KFAR. Uh, it existed in South Knoxville out of a right. double-wide trailer. And it, at the time, in like the early 2000s, it was kind of the epicenter of hip-hop here in Knoxville. Yeah. Okay. Uh, there was a uh, Saturday Night Mix show that Ratchet used to do that was called yeah. the Elevation Hip-Hop Show. Yeah. It was on from 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. Right. every Saturday night. And uh, we used to come up from Chattanooga once a month and come oh. and spend live on the station. And that's kind of how we how I started to get involved in the uh, in the Knoxville scene here. Okay. But about three months before I moved here, the feds came in and they oh, shut wow. that shit completely sure. down. Wow. Uh, they didn't have guns pointed at anybody, but they were definitely strapped at the hip in case we were, you know, yeah. well, I, I wasn't <laughs> only act like I was there, but in case anybody was going to try to resist them taking yeah, the equipment. Right, yeah. So, you know, that little endeavor shut down. Um, three months yeah, later, yeah. I showed up here, right. and um, you know, speaking with Ratchet, and I was, uh, and y'all familiar with Ratchet, I assume, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, man, a huge shout to that guy. What a, what a pioneer of Knoxville hip hop right. that guy was. Like he ran southeasthiphop.com for the longest time. Right. He had like a dope little store around campus that sold yeah. like fat laces and spray caps and vinyl. And oh man, that uh, that dude was so essential. Yeah, anyway, cool um, so speaking with him after KFAR got shut down. I was like, man, what, what do you want to do? And he looks at me and goes, man, he goes, you're a student at UT. Um, that is that is our end to college radio. Right, he goes, right, how, right. how would you approach them and see about getting a radio show? Uh, so I sent him an email and uh, also sent him over a CD. We all kind of gathered one night in my apartment and uh, oh. created like a little like one-hour mock radio show of what we thought the mix show could sound like right. and presented it. And uh, we just happened to be at the right place at the right time. Right. Uh, a brand new manager had just come into WTK, who's still there to this day, mm. Benny Smith. And yeah. uh, I, owe, I owe that man huge amounts of thanks and praise for everything uh, that he did for me and, and to set up everybody in the way that he has. Right. And he was very, very open to bringing a hip-hop mix show back to the station because there hadn't been one mm. uh, since the early 90s when uh, Stroll the Pearl actually used yeah. to run it. Yeah. And uh, he still had cassette copies of you know what used to play back then. Like mm. the, I mean, the... They were breaking Wu Tang. They were breaking right. Tribe Records. They were breaking, you know. Um, and uh, he awesome. wanted to bring that back to the station. So I, I was lucky and fortunate. Right place, right time. And right. Uh, he wanted. Th- he was trying to bolster the station back up. Unfortunately, it kind of gained a reputation for itself as not really being a respectable station anymore mm. because it had been poorly run. And the yeah. university brought him back in to clean that up. Yeah. And uh, he did a hell of a job. And uh, like I said, right place, right time. Yeah. And uh, he gave us that slot uh, for the entertainment show to be on at a, at a prime location, mm. Saturday nights, 9 to midnight. Yeah. Um, yeah. We had to wait to get that slot, actually. We started on Sunday nights from 10 mm. to midnight. Um, because there was an already established heavy metal show on Saturday nights. Okay, and okay. Uh, absolutely no offense to heavy metal fans who might be listening right now, but that is not the right time slot for heavy metal. Right. You know, <laughs> Saturday night, 9 to midnight, yeah. Yeah. that was oh, not oh, the right, right. spot. Well, so w- maybe afterwards, because I remember as a kid growing up, MDV used to have hair bangers ball, and that started around that same time. It ended around that same time. So yeah. I'm guessing people were like, let's, let, you know, they, like, let's do like it's hair bangers ball for radio. I, guess. I, I would assume. I might be wrong, but that, that would just be my input. Oh no! I mean, I, I see. Where, I see where you're coming <laughs> from on that, but like, th- we felt like we had the the 
the right product for the right time mm-hmm. and the right time slot. So we were really campaigning for that slot for a right. while. So it took a few months, but then eventually, uh, I guess the I guess the guy graduated or whatever the case was. But eventually yeah. we got in and we it took that Saturday up. night slot. We slid in. And uh, amazingly, uh, that show started in February of 2005, and it's still rolling. Yeah, yeah, and a lot of different people have kind of tried their hand at, uh, you know, running, running with what what you guys started, man, and um, yeah, that's definitely a staple, I would say, if not the staple. I don't know if there's been another show that's run that long on UT Radio. Yeah, I don't think there is. That's my knowledge. Yeah. No, and um, we're talking about 14 years running at this yeah, point. That's, that's yeah. serious. Wow. Y'all started yeah. something that they kept you know, moving. Right. Yeah. Right. And, and people, yeah. it, 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 you know you got something special when uh, you move on and the next people don't seek to create something new. They seek to f- carry on what you created prior to them arriving. Mm-hmm. So that's that says a lot, man. And, and salute to y'all for, you know, really being able to create, uh, 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 you know, I'm not sure what the word is, but, you know, just something that's a a staple, I guess. Yeah, and we were lucky in that sense. We got to stand, we really got to stand on the shoulders of giants when it came to that, Mm because you mentioned Stretch and Bobito earlier. Um, Also, uh, like the Wake Up Show out on the West Coast. Uh, Also, uh, yeah, of course, yeah, Sway and King Tech, sure. Um, And, of course, uh, the Underground Railroad that used to run on the NYU station. Right, right, Um, right. So, um, like, those were huge influences for us, you know. I mean, uh, and we felt like the the formula was really, really simple. Let's put two very knowledgeable, engaging hosts on the microphone. Let's put a live DJ on turntables, and let's break dope music. Right. Uh, right. It's, you know, it's actually not that hard when you think about it. (laughs) Right, right. right. Especially you got that kind of, yeah, like you said, the, the formula, you got the formula right, man. After that, it's, let's go in here and have fun consistently. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I listened to a lot of those mix shows before I ever got a chance to get involved. Yeah. Right. So, so you knew what We knew what we wanted to do. Yeah. It was just about putting the right people in the right place, right time, you know. Yeah. Fire. All Fire. Right. So um, tell us about your first ever DJing gig. <laughs> uh, first DJing gig was, uh, of course, in Chattanooga. Uh, I was at a place called, I don't remember if it was called The Local at the time. Yeah, it was called The Local at the time. Um, it's uh, down MOK, downtown Chattanooga. And we were doing a Thursday night uh, hip-hop night called Throwdown Thursdays. And uh, the guy that mentored me, uh, a guy that goes by 45 Revolver, because he strictly spins 7-inch 45 wow. RPM records. <laughs> it's pretty it's pretty damn still? live. Yeah. Still, still to this That's day. Crazy. He, he, still he, there? Uh, yeah. Oh, well, wow. well, I mean, he, he's in Tampa now, but he still spins that okay. same format. Um, and uh, anyway, so he mentored uh, me at that time. And um, eventually, he uh, I've been working with him for a while, you know, just carrying crates, paying dues right, and things right. like that. Carrying and, crates. And, yeah. For you youngins, man. That's how you get in. <laughs> Word. I did that for a long time. Right? They don't know nothing about that no nah. more. Right? It's also how you get in free. Yeah, that's true. Like, if you see the DJ outside and you grab a piece of equipment, you probably don't have to yeah, pay to get I in the night spot that night. See all these skinny arm DJs these days <laughs> and their skinny arm friends. Laptops don't weigh as much as crates. Right, right. <laughs> it's character <laughs> building. I've, I promise that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, but he gave me the call one night and it was like, hey man, he goes, I think you're ready. Um, I'd like to put you on for this opening spot and oh, I want you to continue to play this opening like first hour at this weekly. And, um, man, nervous as hell, right? Like, I mean, you know, because we're here, we're outside, little, like, overhang tent and the whole nine. And, um, you know, I'm up here with one of the city's best hip-hop DJs, Mm. you know. Like, I I don't got shit on this guy at this point, you know. I'm I'm very, very young in this. And I was so nervous that while while flipping through records, I hit stop on the wrong turntable. 
Shut the party down. Like, 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 it, like it even has that classic, like, you know? I like a right? house party. And, I, and Right, exactly. <laughs> Just like that scene in House Party. Right. And uh. I'll never forget this. This is one of the one of my greatest moments in DJ. Well, not like personally, like accomplishment-wise, but something I'll, yeah. I'll never forget. There was one guy in the back that threw his hand up and said, yo, man, it's cool. You just keep on playing. Uh, I looked I, up and I was like, "Oh right. shit! Okay, everything's cool." And I hit start again, and the party just got back that going. That man was Jesus. And yeah. Like, yeah. Woo, <laughs> right? Like that dude saved my ass that night. Um, that man was Jesus. Yeah. And and you know, like I said, I, I was a very young at that time, so you know the the, the skills were still building. Mm. You know, so I, I definitely was not an incredible turntablist at that time. Um, but. The, uh, the, the thing that made an impression on people is that I, I cared so much about this music yeah. that I had built up a pretty solid record collection, even in my first few years DJing. Uh, yeah, and right. I, w I was bringing good records to the party. I was bringing stuff yeah. that even people weren't really even hearing at now that time. Now, where did you go to get your records at? Like, where did you, because everybody had that spot. Like, oh, I got to go find this, I got to find yeah. that. Where, where yeah. was, like, your go-to spot? Um, as far as like new breaking underground hip hop, uh, I'd go to places like Sandbox Automatic, which unfortunately isn't around anymore. Mm. Turntable Lab, which is a big staple of mine. These I visited are record shops. Yeah, like the, real yeah. live vinyl record shops. Uh, th they are. I was getting these online at the time because Turntable okay. Lab is based in New York. Uh, like right. every single time I visit New York, I always go to Turntable Lab. It's okay. like it's like a pilgrimage for me. Uh, but as far as locally in Chattanooga, that still exists. I absolutely, it does. Yeah. Oh yeah, wow. I'll be back there in September. They we are absolutely fat going. And they kept turned. <laughs> Yeah. That's dope. Oh, no, I mean, New York, I mean, you know damn well enough. Yeah, New York's yeah. big enough to support multiple records. But shops. they got rid of Fat Beats. That's what I'm saying. I know. That, that was a heartbreaker because I've probably been to Fat Beats one time in my life. And I was, when I got there, it was like, oh, I'm here. Man, I, I, was, I, mean? I was lucky enough to go to Fat Beats a couple times before yeah. it closed down. Um, one of my most enduring memories there is like MCs always used to hang out at the front door yeah. and uh, like try to put their headphones on you so that you could, so you could like listen yeah, to their yeah, music right, and try right. to sell you their CD. And I always used to look at these guys because you know mid two thousands. You know this is this yeah. is pre Serato. So I'm looking at these guys like man, I can't do anything with your CDs. Honestly, right. man, like if you don't have wax, then I, I can't right. help you. You know, but right. if you got wax for sale upstairs, there's a good chance I'll cop your twelve inch. Right, 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 right. You know, right. man. Good old days, oh, man. Yeah, but, but you asked about original digging spots, and I, I can't fail to mention a place called Chad's Records in Chattanooga okay. was okay. my very first digging spot. Um, and it actually got to a point that we visited there so much and bought so much from him that there was just a consistent discount every time we hit the counter. Oh. He would always take off 10, 15, 20 percent because we were bringing really, really large stacks of vinyl to that yeah. counter. Your preferred customer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and man, I, I remember like one of my first trips over there, like when it first dawned on me, some of the benefits and perks of DJing um, I didn't realize prior to that because I had no I started DJing when I was 16 and in, uh, in 2000 while I was still in high school I had no idea that being a DJ meant that I got music early, early. Yeah? yeah um and uh that year man I'm trying to remember what was um uh Wu-Tang's uh the W was coming out Ooh, that year because yeah. uh, you remember on Wu-Tang Forever they said the next Wu-Tang album yeah, coming, coming out, out to the year 2000 right so yeah. it was 2000 yeah uh, and uh, I look up on the wall and there is uh Protect Your Neck 2 you know, or uh, I think that's exactly what it was called. Anyway, it was on the W. Yeah. Um, I mean, and uh, I was like, holy shit, I get this music early. Right. Like, I'm, I'm going to have this before everybody else can go buy the CD at right. FYE or whatever. Like, are you serious? Like, I, got, I can add this. Like, right. and that was one of my first moments being like, wow, man, this shit's cool. Yeah, that's that, fine. Yeah, that I didn't I didn't realize I was uh, a new radio DJs, but you were radio DJ, actually. right? Not at that point. I mean, Not I was brand point. new at that point. I thought that just radio DJs got it early, but I guess. What you're saying is DJs, period. Well, I mean, music he early. was known to be right because he said he went to this place all the time, right? So they were. Went yeah, there a lot. Yeah. 
So that's fire. That to them, they don't know that he's not a radio DJ. Yeah, yeah, that's true. It's like, yo, that's I'm a DJ, D- DJ Wiggs, <laughs> right? Right? Saying, Fake it so. till you make it. Yeah. <laughs> right. That's fine. So, yeah. so uh, what was the first 45 you copped? Ooh, the first 45. Um, I bought so many records over the years. I'm not exactly sure. I remember the first 45. I can tell you the first one I remember. Okay. The first one that was a big deal to me. Uh, at Chad's that I was just talking about, I found uh, Marley Marl's Symphony there. Oh, you know, wow. you know, with like, you know, like Cool G, uh, Cool yeah. G Rap, Master they, they, Ace. They, they uh, yeah. uh, mess with me is how it is to help put a code in your ass because you played yourself. Because like, you played yeah. yourself. Yeah, man. And uh, I remember I, I dropped that at a party that uh, <laughs> that we were playing in Chattanooga, and this was like one of my early moments that I really felt like I had something special on wax because the guy that mentored me just ran up on stage, grabbed the microphone, and said, "Wicks." You pull that record back right now. Start yeah, yeah, that from yeah. the top, man. This, yeah. this is a classic that you're playing on seven inch. Yeah. Let the people know. And like I was, oh, oh, okay. You know, right, like nervously right. picking up the needle, you know, and everything. Right, right. And starting all the way back from the top, <laughs> trying to make sure I don't fuck up. So let me ask you this, because that that, that that puts me in, in the mind frame where I, I feel like I got to ask you the question that you mentioned earlier that you kind of started with, like Snoop and Dre on the West. Then, you know, Time brought it from the West back to the East to the Woo, Nas, Mob. But when you mentioned the symphony. That's like 88, 89, right? Yeah. What intrigued you to go backwards? Because I feel like there's a lot of uh, young people who who are doing music or listening to to hip-hop music that some of them are going back. You know what I mean? Some of them are going back. But... What for you was the the intrigue and in going backwards? You know what I mean? Yeah. And finding out where your favorite artists were influenced. Um. So to to put this in proper historical context, for lack of a better word, um. So like I said, I started DJing in two thousand. This is right in the middle of the backpack underground movement. This mm. is the right you know. Th- this is in the middle of you know rock hiss and all that shit, right? Yeah. So respect for um the classics and the legends in hip hop was really, really high. Yeah. So th- I, I found that influence all around me, that not only do we need to be breaking these new, right. you know, huge underground artists, not only do we need to be playing Dilated and Most Deaf, but we also need to be reaching back and playing Big Daddy Kane. Right, right. You know? So I, I had a very, very large interest in finding this out. Also, uh, the, the, you mentioned the guy that mentored me, 45 Revolver. Yeah. Uh, he, he has about 10 years on me. Okay. So... He grew up playing, you know, uh, hip hop and reggae through the '90s and, yeah. and, and, and part of the late '80s also. So he taught me a lot about uh, a lot of that, uh, like early golden era yeah. uh, style of music. So when I would find something with a cold chillin' label on it, right, right, even right. if I wasn't familiar with the tune, I was like, I need to cop this. Right, I right. need, I need to know about this. I need to understand this, and I need to make this part of my repertoire. Okay, real and quick, a lot of art, a lot of people have not listened to Big Daddy Kane. Need to go back and listen to Big Daddy Kane because he, I like. I fucked with him, of course, when I was younger, and I went back recently and started listening yeah. to him. And the guy, I mean, it is so, it's a whole new, I mean, what was it, early 90s? And it just. It early 90s, late 80s. Late 80s, early 90s. And yeah. this stuff sounds like it could have been recorded yesterday. Yeah, like yeah. Like, I mean, He's so, so smooth, fresh. man. So if you've not checked out Big Daddy Kane, now you should, after this episode, go. Yeah, go, go do your here. research. And that's why I just want to, like, uh, just continue a little bit more further down that, uh, that that rabbit hole, if you will. Um, I know you said you learned a lot. Like, what could you say by going back? Would you, would you say that any of that helped you, uh, or you learned anything 
by doing that that helps you go forward? You know what I mean? Yeah. Or were you able to kind of like pick up anything? Like, speak on that if you if you don't mind. Um, I mean, yeah. I I, I um so. I'm a history guy. Uh, it, it, that's probably evident by how many you know years I like to drop with albums and right. stuff like that. Um, I actually fancy myself a tad bit of a hip-hop historian. Yeah. And um, I, I believe that there's a ton to be learned from going back, whether that's uh, you know, MC techniques, whether that's production techniques, yeah. whether that's DJ techniques um, you know, in the music. And um, I, I like going back and like looking at the way that the earliest DJs who were brand new to the form of scratching yeah. started to manipulate records. Right. I like to look at the, the way that, you know, the, the earliest manipulators on the MPC and the SP, you know, started to flip samples. Yeah. I like to look at the way that, you know, the, the real um, like, like the, the real serious innovators in right. rhyme style, you know, started to flip things. Like we mentioned Big Daddy Kane. Of course, that's right. huge. Uh, I think Rockham was probably the biggest right. game changer from the late 80s, you right. know, because nothing was the same after he dropped. Um, so, yeah, that, that was always super important to me. Yeah. Um, and I always felt like there were, you know, um, it was very clear that there were, there was a standard that was present in the golden right. era, you know, and there's a reason that we call it the golden era. Right. So I always felt like it was incumbent upon us to not only to meet that standard, but to build on that yeah, standard. Right, exactly. So in order to build on it, you have you to understand what it, it was that they brought to the table. And, and that's so real because I know me and Pete always talk, like you mentioned going back to really see like um, what the methods and techniques were for producers as far as sampling and, and beat production and also MCs as far as, you know, how they put their, their rhymes together. But me and Pete always talk about Going back to see how people perform, the yeah. essence of performance, you know what I mean? And I feel like sometimes that's lost nowadays as far as, you know, um, um, what it is to perform well, especially hip-hop. When you're in a band, you got a lot of help because you got live instruments. Um, you got a lot you can hide behind. You got a lot. You don't right. in hip-hop. Hip-hop is, I feel like, Unless you're a, a DJ. lot more. <laughs> right. Yeah, but still, uh, with that, with that being said, is the DJ performance comes down to part of it as well. Mm -hmm. right? A lot of the new school part of hip hop, at least when I watch Rico, he doesn't use vinyl, but when I watch Rico, at least getting into what he's doing. A lot yeah. of these kids are just yeah, they press the button. Buttons, yep, you know, it's, yeah. it, it's nothing. To, um, they've created it now where you can make a mix by touching, just doing that. Where you right. don't have to get in. Go dig mm -hmm. through vinyl, spend hours listening and going back. Half the time, you put it into, it looks like a lot of these things, you can put it in, it'll show you, it'll slow it down, tell you what yeah. each one's on, what level each one's yeah, on. Yeah, so the different, mix. yeah. Um, so that's what we'd always talk about. The BPMs about. and all yeah. that, just match the BPM. Yeah, like, just match them up. Yeah. And so that for us, it comes with that as well, being able to perform and being able to mix the stuff that don't need to be mixed together. Yeah, yeah. Showing your, your your real skill level, man. And it's funny, like we start talking about performance skills and methods, and like being able to take that and bring it forward. And then Black Atticus walks yeah, in the building, yeah. right? Right, one of the <laughs> best yeah, and top performers that Knoxville well, has ever been fortunate enough to see. That's right, for damn sure. Definitely. Yeah. Yo, shout yeah. out yeah. Black Atticus. Yeah. For and, and you mentioned, the, you know, Pete's talking about the difference in technology. I, I count myself as very, very lucky to start when I started because mm -hmm. you had two options in DJing when I started. You either played vinyl or you played CDs. Mm -hmm. And I did not want to play CDs. Right. And uh, all, all my friends in high school thought I was crazy. They're like, because I had a big CD collection because right. I always collected and loved the music. And uh, they, they looked at, um, in fact, uh, my buddies that, you know, whose families had a little bit more money than we right. did, they would actually, like, drop CDs off with me, like, hey, man, give this back to me. Let me know what the hot tracks are. 
Boo. Um, so, like, come on, man. You know, um, so anyway, I had a lot of CDs and, and they thought I was crazy. Like, I remember one of them said to me, like, are you seriously going to go back and buy all of this music on vinyl? Like, yes. Yes. Um, but what I was fortunate, <laughs> what, where I really lucked out on that is learning to mix on turntables gave me a foundation right. that, and, and, and no disrespect to everybody that started digitally because they started in a different era. Yeah. I, I, no, you yeah, you yeah, can't definitely. judge them based on that. But uh, that's why I say I was lucky to start when I started right. because it gave me the basics and foundation to you know be able to rock without a computer. Look, and I, don't, I'm, I don't have the ear for that kind of stuff, but I've done like the digital stuff and, uh, with Rico a couple times. DJ Eric B, I don't know if you know DJ I absolutely know Eric B. I, I, I lost a, a DJ time. battle to him. Oh, I, oh. I spent a lot of time with him. He back deserved in the day. it. Mm. Uh, uh, Hailstorm, I don't know if you remember Brian. Uh, mm -hmm. Hailstorm, I spent a lot of time with them. I helped them out a lot. I uh, MC'd for them for a while. And uh, I always, they showed me some of the digital stuff. And then uh, Eric B tried to show me some vinyl. And. I gained a respect for people who speak yeah. vinyl because that shit is hard. That's it, not it, easy. Because you got to really There's be no able helpers to read involved. the record. You got to read the record, right? You, you got to be able to see where the grooves are at. And yeah. you know what? Oh, I know man. you said no disrespect to those started with you know, CDs or, 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 or MP3s, but I'm willing to bet you have way more hair on your chest. I mean, I do because I'm older than them, but you know, you know, carrying the record, right? And I mean, also, I mean, it's hard to judge. You know, I've been doing this so much longer than they have been. You know, like I'm going on 19 years of DJing right now. So I mean, it's I've got so many more years doing this than the guys that are just starting. It's really an unfair comparison. Right. And I got that line of thought from KRS actually at one of his live shows. He he was like, these young dudes can't. You know, we know how arrogant and you know, full of himself KRS is. And I mean that with utmost respect. I love right, that man, right. but you know he said, is, is, you, "You can't compare these young dudes to me. I've been doing it. Y'all know how many years I've been doing it. Right, you know, right, right. I've been doing this. Yeah. My Karis impression's terrible, right, but you know." Yo, man, his name sound like he a whack radio station. <laughs> he found the right lane. Yo, real quick, real Shout quick, Roxanne um, Shante. Yo, but, real, word. but but it. One of those things is also you could be ugly and be able to perform because Biggie was ugly as hell too. Yeah, <laughs> and said it in his rhymes. And he perform, but everybody loved Biggie. However, he stayed Coogee down to the socks. socks. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. It helps if you're fact. funny too. Yeah. Right, right, right. That's the reason a lot of us started DJing. We're ugly as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't believe I found a woman to marry me. Oh man! Okay. Yo, hey, speaking, hey, speaking, of, speaking of that, uh, hey. yo, I got engaged every, last every, year, y'all. Yo, congratulations! Oh, but congratulations! On that, speaking on that, um, we'll have. Her, I don't know if she wants to answer, but uh, we want to do a quick not chill with you. We do the thing called not chill, right? Where we like, hypothetically, you're single. Okay. Uh oh. Uh -oh. Right. Hypothetically, right? Hey, so yeah. she's in the place to be. be so if you can cover your ears, sweetheart, it I'd appreciate ain't be that. Fun tonight. <laughs> hypothetically single, so um, we're gonna um sleeping on the like, couch tonight. Gonna, it's gonna be a thing. Was like you ask, or, <laughs> I ask you a question. though, that's like something that they might do or say, or and you're gonna tell me like, nah, chill, and nah, I can rock with that. Like I did that. You see, something you might yeah. do or say or yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, man, I love it. I got a yeehaw dunkle right out of Tennessee. I'm good for it now. Thanks. All right, so um, your not chill is she doesn't know the nine members of Wu-Tang. Ooh, what if she doesn't know the nine members of Wu-Tang? Um, you know what? I bet she can name at least five. 
So if she gets five, you know, you know I, I if, bet. She can, if she can name five, then then it's okay. But but like, I mean, I, I believe you know what? I, I've actually got the Wu symbol inked on my back calf, so okay. it's super serious for me. Actually, right. Wu, but Wu Tang is what made me really serious about hip hop. Like, right, right, I started right. with that West Coast West Coast G Funk shit, but like Wu Tang was like, um, like around like the time Wu Tang Forever came out. I was in yeah. middle school. That was the shit right. that like I was like, you know what? I need every one of these solo albums. Right. I need to know everything about every one of these guys. I yeah. opened up that booklet for Wu Tang Forever, which was serious. Yeah. You know, it was like yeah. one of the first Fuck double albums of the time. Yeah, so exactly. that shit's serious, you know? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'd still marry somebody that can only name five members of the Wu-Tang Clan. I feel like he was... I'm not mad if she doesn't know Mastakilla. What am I supposed to do? <laughs> yeah. I feel so, like he was so alluding you know? to, so, like, by the tattoo that if she doesn't know at least five, that he was going to drop kick. The woman, like, I, I, he said, I got this Wu Tang tattoo on my calf. Like, so what's that on the back of your leg? You know, like, what's going to happen with yeah. that? Right? I mean, early on, to me, knowing her, she showed up at work one day with a Wu Tang shirt on, and you, you better believe that solidified shit. God bless her. See, see, what I'm finding out is people are wearing these type of shirts and not knowing. And not knowing this, shit. I'm like, fat. like, like, my example is this. Um, a girl comes into um my my job one day saying, and with a Death Note shirt, and I'm a big fan of Death Note. Death Note is one of my favorite animes of all time. I'm like. So who's your favorite character? He's like, what are you talking about? Your shirt. It's like, oh, this is just my boyfriend's. I just put it on because yeah. I have nothing like like that. Just like, same thing with Wu Tang. It's like like so. Who's your favorite Wu Tang member? And then they just look at you like, what? What? And it's like, oh, I I, I picked up the first shirt I found. Yeah. I was at my I was at my friend's house and you know I didn't she have a shirt. It's like she said Ferg. <laughs> 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 like wait no you're way off right. ma. <laughs> so so wait yeah. does does the fiance know all nine members or, or the original nine members? Of um, I'm gonna say unfortunately she probably can't name all nine members this of it. That's fine. That's fine. But it, it's quite a bit. I, she has had to listen to a lot more Wu Tang since her time with me. Right. I right, guarantee right. that. That's that's fine. That's fine. I, I mean, as, as long as you're teachable, I guess. Say what? Uh. She spits Biggie lyrics. Oh, crazy. That, that makes up for so, yeah, yeah. man. Biggie lyrics is like, what's her favorite Biggie lyric to spit? Her, you know what? I'll tell you what uh, really actually surprised me here very recently. We were at uh, one of these Boom Bat Monthlies in Nashville, and uh, she started uh, she started spitting uh, all the lyrics to God fucking you tonight. Okay. Like wow. as they were, and, and I wow. don't, I don't, I don't know that track very well. I'll right. be honest. That Which that is one? a that, uh, um, fucking you tonight. It's on life after one? death. No, she knew what she was uh, doing. And um, yeah. honestly, exactly like, like I, I'll be real. That's a twelve inch that I have that I definitely don't know the words to. Right. And um, like <laughs> she started spitting that, and I just and, and actually this happens with her very very constantly. Like right. she'll, we'll be riding along in the car, and she'll start spitting something that's just like like how the fuck do you know that like. God, like I don't, I don't even have enough rings to put on your finger. <laughs> right, right. You know, right. like it, it, I told her recently, like I can't afford to keep on giving you engagement <laughs> rings. Like, like if I gave you, if I put a ring on your finger every time you did dope shit, I would be broke as hell. Right, right, right. I think, I think what was God it? God bless like, that like, woman. Yeah, God bless, God bless her. She, she's so cool because I remember she, she was, she put, up, she put up a post. We followed each other on, on Facebook. She put up a post about, um, I think she like knew one of the three six mafia songs, like start to finish. It's like. I was like, but I was like, and then I, I was like, I'm say what? But then again, I, I realized, I remember she's from Minnesota, right? And the and the Minnesota hip hop yeah, is true. crazy yeah. out there. So it's like her first concert was atmosphere. Her first concert she ever went to was atmosphere. Wow, that's, 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 that's a way to get started, up? man. Fifteen years old. Wow. I can't give her enough props. Come yeah, on, now. man. Wow, I concert I went to was TLC. No, that's dope. No one. That's still dope. Okay. Ah, that's what's Mine up. was Outcast yeah. in Atlanta. In Atlanta. Dang. I think my first hip hop one would have been would have been when I went with Wasabi at Central Park. It was um 
Doom, De La. Oh, that was Boot my first Camp. one? That was my first, yeah, my first hip-hop concert. No, 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 no. Wait, did I see? Did I see? No, because I seen the Roots. No. No. The Roots that were there, too. Yeah, the Roots <laughs> were there. I was trying to think. Was I see the Roots before I saw? No, I think I saw. That was the first time I saw the Roots was at that one. That was my first hip-hop concert. And then I saw wow. the Roots again. I saw De La. Um, you saw Doom. It. Yeah. My the real Doom. <laughs> not imposter doom. Not, not imposter doom. I went to after Salt and Pepper was uh, DMX and the Locks, which oh, right. was a wow. huge. So that for me, they came down. Uh, DMX came down with like a dog cage. Oh shit! Oh, it was it was pretty badass, man. It was pretty cool. The Pepsi Arena. Wow. Yeah, that's fire. Doom is one of the people on my bucket list that I haven't got to see. Like I, um, I've seen a lot of hip hop shows. Yeah. Honestly, like I, I really cross most acts that I want to see off my bucket list. Yeah. Uh, my two remaining big ones is I haven't seen MF Doom and I haven't seen Action Bronson. That's my mm. that's my I biggest love two. I see Bronson. Now that's another you thing. You saw I Bronson? No, I said that's another one. One thing I gotta say about Wigs, um, like like when he was here in Knoxville, I tried to. Anytime he said I might be out spinning, I tried to go. Um, one of he's the, not one, lying. Sometimes the only person in attendance was <laughs> Jomo. Seriously, <laughs> I, I am absolutely not playing. It was probably about three or four blocks from where we currently sit. Yeah, you yeah, know? The, yeah, the, the well. Like, yep, like, exactly. You, not, know. Yeah, you, you remember when you were the only guy there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah but, <laughs> I was actually um, about to close up. I was like, oh, I got one person now. <laughs> <All right. laughs> Let's keep rocking. I appreciate that. Thank you. The thing I was going to say is that um, I remember the first time I ever heard Bronson, I think it was you and Modify at Sassy Ann's. Wow. Okay. Probably. And it was like, yeah, because it was like, R.I.P. I, I, I was just yeah. sitting there chilling, and 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 it was and it was um Barry Horowitz. I'll never forget. It was Barry Horowitz, and I'm listening to it like, <laughs> that sounds like Ghost. Does Ghost have a new song out? So I'm so I'm listening to the lyrics, and I got my phone on me. So I'm like, I typed in one of the lyrics that that Bronson said, and it's like, it comes up, Action Bronson, Barry Horowitz. Like, who's this guy? And so that got that started. Yeah. The ball rolling on like right? who is this guy? So like when when Wigs when, like Wigs turned on to like a lot of artists that I never really checked yeah, out yo, before. For me, I just I always to this day like I usually just have Biggie in, in my <laughs> yeah. Know, like for me, it's uh, I don't listen to a lot of stuff. But the Rockers was the first. Uh, Mm. Action Bronson song I heard. Was Ooh, the oh, rock, okay. Marty Janetti song. Yeah, yeah right? Hit Marty you with a dropkick. Marty Janetti. Yeah. <laughs> you know Shouts the, out to Marty Janetti. Barbershop <laughs> right. Window. What's up? Right, yeah. I feel like my introduction to action was kind of weird because it was kind of through Joe, which means it was kind of through you. Okay. You know what I mean? Six, three, I six degrees of separation. On, um, I guess, what's the show? I think the site is hiphopgame.com. And they always have like a list of new hip-hop songs and artists. And I will always see Action Brunch, and I'll be like, nah, that name is whack. I'm not listening. <laughs> I'm not listening to nobody with a whack name. And then one day, Why I Why did think, you think it was whack? Action Bronson? You didn't like, like it? What? Okay, like, all right. So I think one day Joe said, there's this guy named Action Bronson who's dope. You're like, yeah, right. And I was but like, if out. Joe says it's dope, now I got to at least yep. check it out. Yep. And he was dope. He was yeah. legit dope. So then I, I, I've been rocking with Action ever since, man. Like, I can say, because on, on, on top of that, I remember when we were kids, um, we went to, like, this uh, block party in Hempstead. And out there they had on the, they were selling, they were selling like, like uh, bootleg tapes and all that stuff. And that's how New York was. So um, that day, his brother brought, um, bought um, De La Soul is Dead. Ooh. I bought Mr. Hood by KMD. 
Yeah, so, man. So, 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 um, <laughs> and, not, and we're, we're looking at each other like, like, yo, I like, I like my CD. Like, I like, my and we're all looking at it like each other, like, yo, this is cool. This is dope. I like this. But it was a thing where it was, um, where it's just like, yo, I, like, like, I didn't know that that was, that, that was Doom when I heard later it, but it's like, like, I've been listening to Doom like, like for ages since I was like, like, yeah. like, like 13, 14 years old. And when I hear rhymes like Dom, they're like, wait. That's that's the dude from from KMD. Like I love KMD. Like KMD, yeah. one of my favorite groups. It's like he was on KMD, dumb early. Right. Yep. Like like I was like like yep. I said. Man, the crazy X. thing is like what was it? I think I think I read somewhere is like De La Soul is like I think De La Soul is that came out first. Then mm-hmm. the next day, Mr. Hood comes out. So it's like wow, that that just blows me away. But speaking of um Barry Horowitz and uh what you call it um and Jabba wrestlers. Yeah. <laughs> Will we ever get um, the heavyweight crates uh, wrestling episodes back? Man, that's a great question. Um, it really is. So I, um, for, for those of you that don't know, and, and if you know me, it's hard not to know, but I really, really enjoy professional wrestling. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I watch a really abusive amount of it. Every uh, every night, you you can ask my lady over there. In fact, uh, man, hats off to her for the amount of pro wrestling that she watches. <laughs> Not just WWE, but British wrestling and Japanese wrestling. Like right, she really yeah. takes it I, all I, in. I didn't notice about there was all those other stuff. Right. Till I went to record a podcast at Joe's house, and there was this five cornered ring or something like a regular ring. <laughs> ring was like an octagon. That yeah. wasn't an octagon, so I guess it was a pentagon. pentagon. <laughs> I'm like, what is happening? Yeah. What was that? Impact. They don't have the six-sided ring anymore, though. Right, right, right. Uh, for TNA, um, you know. So the the, th- the thing with that. So we were we were trying to create kind of like a little podcast network for a minute, and the heavyweight crate was going to be the music side of it, and uh, the wrestling side of it was called Shades of What Happened Before, which yeah, was right, just right, this right, right. ridiculous fa- phrase that Michael Cole rattled off mm-hmm. one time in the middle of a pay per view, and I thought it was hilarious and named right. a podcast after it. Right. Um, and uh, the, the, man, the reason we stopped doing it is. Um, after Trump got elected, um, and uh, if you know anything about me, you know that I fucking hate that Tangerine Mussolini. Okay. And, tangerine um, Mussolini. Yeah. Uh, n- not a fan. <laughs> well, not a fan. I haven't heard right. that one yeah. yet. Yeah, I like that one a lot. And uh, anyway, so uh, Vince McMahon's wife, Linda McMahon, joined his cabinet, which is really interesting because she just recently resigned to work for one of his super PACs. Yeah. Um, but I, I made the decision at the time that I'm not going to give free promotion to somebody that's aiding and abetting Donald Trump. Yeah. Um, you know, like I, I love professional wrestling. I'm still going to continue to watch it, but I'm not going to do a podcast that covers all of their pay-per-views um, yeah. and continue to give. And I'm not trying to suggest that like we were reaching a lot of people or that I was doing something big, but I, I decided that I was not going to continue to make a contribution to that popularity until something changed in that arena. Um, Now, like I said, she has resigned from his cabinet. She was the small business secretary. Well, you know, she just joined a super PAC, though, which is even worse. She's trying to help him get reelected, you know? Um, So I'm not sure. I've I've toyed with the idea of maybe doing, like, an independent wrestling podcast, which which is separate from the WWE, of course. Um, So... Maybe, but I mean, I mean, it hasn't stopped my fandom, you know. Like, yeah. I, you know, every single Monday night, Raw's on. Every yeah. Sunday that there's a pay per view, we're all on the couch gathered, you know. But we have friends yeah. over, we cook food, yeah. we drink beer, you know. Like, it's I gotta get out to one of these. It's a constant, man. Please do, I man. We love that. I gotta connect these. on the we, list. We've already connected. He, he's, he's actually invited me to come out there, and you know, like when he was doing the show, I was like, "Who can I be on the show?" He's like, "Jumbo, whenever you want to come." Yes, please. Come I was like, <laughs> I was like you need that, man. I yeah. need. Listen, I'm not even a wrestling guy. I listen to a lot of West Side Gun. 
<laughs> That'll but get you know, hip real quick. Yeah, 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 it gets me in the loop. But uh, if I was to like get wrestling news from anybody, it'd be you two guys. You know <laughs> what I'm saying? I appreciate the nod. That is a fact because at least you guys give it in a way that I can digest it. You know what I mean? It's kind of yeah. like, okay, I respect these guys. So whatever they say, like, you know how, like, you might not be way into politics, but you got that certain, you know, kind of like journalist or anchor that you say, all right, I'll take their take. I'll run with their take because I feel like they do the research. I can trust them enough to say, all right, if I'm going to get it from anywhere. Oh, they said it. I, 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 I can run with that. I'm not going to say they're always right, yeah. but I'll at least be able to say I, I can receive it from this well, person. See, that's what me with, uh, with the football season getting ready to start. I plan on starting the Giants podcast this year because I always talk. I mean, Trevor, huge Giants fan. Mm. Y'all are I so know. New York. I love it. <laughs> we'll do it. We'll do it. I have such that's a soft spot in my heart for New York City. Hey, we're we're, we're going to honeymoon in New York City. That's how much hey, I love man. that place. Wow. Good, great sure. idea. So, yeah. anyway, with that being said, I was like, I need to make a step. And thanks uh, to uh, Nashville for uh, winning the draft. So my next check, I will be in Nashville to watch the draft, the NFL draft. Cool. And uh, I won't have to wait long for my team to pick because we're trash. But um, <laughs> I feel like it's good to – I feel like with that being said, that, like, I can't call, start a podcast about football and then you've not even been to the draft yet. Right, right. Makes so sense. That, you know, can we so. can we take that opportunity for you to uh, tag? You talking about Nashville? You talking about the NFL? All got right, this lovely yeah, right Titans here. helmet this sitting in a, front uh, of the uh, what, what they call the Speed Authentic helmet. I'm not this uh, current this player on it probably did not wear that uh, helmet. That is Eddie George. Also, Eddie George just had his way. I've too seen him big DJ a set of boom bap. Oh wow! <laughs> Wait, <laughs> what? Crazy. Hold on, yo. <laughs> <laughs> What did you say? Completely out of the blue. Uh, Like I said, uh, this is uh, I talk a lot about it because it's my favorite monthly that happens anywhere that I've ever been. But in Nashville, there's a weekly monthly called Boom Bap, and uh, shouts out to all of those guys because I've got huge amounts of respect for them. Bowls, Rate, Case Bloom, of course, Uh, and I'll be there tonight checking out Ninth Wonder. So they're doing great shit. Anyway, randomly one night there, uh, Eddie George came up and spun not one but two sets. Uh, His his first uh, set was probably about thirty minutes and he rocked all classic hip-hop like shit that i didn't really expect him to know like Like, what kind of stuff like dwick and stuff like that like gangstar shit you know like like he came with shit that i really really wasn't expecting and then he came like the next half hour with like hot club shit uh which is not really quite as much my taste but like when he was playing gangstar i was front row man i'm actually always front row with those boom babs just like yelling rap lyrics right like (laughs) so you're telling me eddie george can dj well well yeah Dope sets in on front vinyl. of a live audience on vinyl, but he can't get an extra inch to win the Super Bowl. <laughs> you know what I mean? One more inch. One more inch. If you win the Super Bowl, you can't do it. He's am diversified. I, am I right or wrong? You know? Right. Wow. Wasn't he an inch? He's making way for a second career. This wrong? <laughs> it was Mason that was a little. Oh, okay. Uh, All right. So but, I apologize. Uh, I, thought, I, I remember uh, but, uh, They would have given it to him if they, they would have more time. No, but yeah, they should have gave the ball to Eddie George. But no, nah, so it's an Eddie Damn George it, man. helmet. Um, I've uh, been going. I, uh, obviously, as you know, this uh, podcast is sponsored by the Empire Guys as well. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Shout, Shout out to Empire Guys. I've been going to. Uh, I sell a lot of sports memorabilia, so. Look at uh, in bars near you. Currently, I have one in Half Barrel. I have one at Empire Pizza. Um, I'm giving I'm giving away some helmets. So come, just fill out you know a form or whatever, and you get you can get a free. Uh, right now, I'm giving I have uh, 
that Half Barrel got a Peyton Manning helmet, and that Empire Pizza have an Eric Berry Tennessee helmet. Ooh, um, yeah. nice. Fire. Fire. You come and fill out, and you can win it for free, and then, you know, just follow us on uh, Facebook. And uh, part of what we do is uh, we sell you a chance to win a helmet like this, eight bucks. You get in a raffle for 32, uh, 32 spots. If you win, then you win the helmet. You can win that for eight bucks, you know, so uh, shout out to that. And, uh, you know, be looking. uh, Maybe I'm going to talk to somebody here. We may give this one out. Who knows? All right. All right. All right. So, um, Wiggs. What's the hip hop scene like out in Honolulu? In Honolulu? Yes. Man, um, way more solid than you would probably think. Be- because they're so far removed from the epicenter here yeah. in the continental U.S. Right. Um, so obviously, because of their location, they're heavy on West Coast hip hop. Yeah. Like, they know way more about everything that happens in California than they do about what happens in New York. Right. right. Um, which kind of put me in a good spot when I got there. I-, I lived there for about a year and a half. How did you get there? Um, man, th- this all go- this all goes back to my mentor. Um, <laughs> say what again? By plane. Oh, by plane, right? Because there's not a bridge yet. Right. Yeah. My grandparents said they wouldn't come, so they built a bridge because they won't fly. Oh, that's crazy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, my, my mentor moved out there uh, in the mid 2000s, and okay. I visited him a couple times, and I was like, you know what? When I graduate school, this is where I need to go. Yeah. Like, I can't right. imagine going anywhere else other than Honolulu. Right. Um, seemed like a good option. Um, so, man, incredible scene out there. The, the, the DJing is unreal. Like, the, there's really, really good DJs out there. There's, uh, there's a crew out there called the Nocturnal Sound Crew that is full of amazing turntablists. Mm. Um, shouts out to all of those guys. There's a lot of night spots. One of the beautiful things about Hawaiian culture is they're really, really big into celebrating just the fact that you wake up every morning yeah. and that shit's good. That you know? Uh, I mean, I mean, y- y- you wake up, there's inactive volcanic hills, you right. know, in the background. The, the, there's, the, there's the ocean. There's there's beautiful Most fish. There's clear fish. Over your face. Oh, it's not clear fish. Clear water. You know, it, it's it's incredible out that way. Uh, okay. They've actually got a concept out there called Pauhana, and what Pauhana mm. translates to literally is after work. So what that means is that on Friday nights, people don't go home after work. They go straight to the night spot. Fire. So they go out there, and Can a lot of these places serve dinner. In, in, in Tennessee? I agree. I agree. Because it'd be, it'd be great. Because one of the biggest, uh, one of the hardest things to get people out to night spots is when they go home, and you got to get them back off the couch. Right. Yeah. You know, we all suffer from this, you know, yeah. especially as we get older. Shit. Suffer is you the know? operative word. Um, but, you know, they go out, and uh, anyway, th- there's lots of good stuff going on. There's incredible MCs out there. There's yeah. great DJs out there. There's uh, there's beat nights and beat battles out there. Mm. Um, just all sorts of, and it was it was a lot of fun to be involved in that hip hop scene for the time that I was out there. Uh, I wish I would have got to spend a little bit more time out there, but for the year and a half I was there, it was incredible. How did you leave? How did you muster up the strength to leave Hawaii um, and come back to <laughs> yeah, the continent? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I'll, I'll keep it 100. Um, it, it was a financial decision. Um, oh, yeah. So th- there was a lady I was with at the time who had decided that uh, she was done. That was just. It was not working out for her. She was ready to go back to Tennessee. Mm. Um, and uh, Honolulu is an expensive place. And at the yeah. time, I thought to myself, you know what? It's probably a better move for me to come back to Tennessee, regroup, wrong. go back to. I was yeah. wrong. Yes. <laughs> no, I mean, no, it, no, it's no, a beautiful no. place. You were right. You were right. It worked well, out for wrong. me. You were it, right. It cleared out. It, it worked out for me clearly. <laughs> yeah. But uh, but man, incredible place. I actually haven't been back in over a decade. I'd love to go back and visit sometime. Gotta go back. We all gotta go back. Yeah. I I can't yeah, you've been here. I would listen. I went there one time right after I graduated high school, and the the main thing that I remember is going to a beach, and seeing a homeless guy digging through the trash, and saying, "Man, that's the life." He yep. was on the beach. He was digging through the trash on the beach. I say he's homeless, but he's on the beach in Hawaii. It's basically lives and survives. Then yeah. at that point, is he really homeless? Right. 
This is your yeah. home. Yeah. Your home yeah. is the beach on Hawaii. Yeah. Listen, it doesn't get better yeah, than that. I, I need don't to care. go with y'all because I, I, I like, up until two years ago, I had not, like, the farthest west I had been is Nashville. <laughs> and that's not what Listen, we got so, Listen, we're going to do it um, You should It's a beautiful place And there's mad amounts of homeless people in Honolulu Because, um, you know, it's a, it's a very expensive place to live yeah. You know, so it's very easy to fall on hard times And to suddenly find yourself just completely ass out But if you're going to be ass out somewhere Exactly like fat girl You know, like I mean, uh, hey, <laughs> my man. Um, you know, like if if you're gonna be in that spot somewhere, like if be somewhere where it's seventy to eighty year round. Yeah. You know, and that like we're living on the beach isn't. The, I mean, I, look, I'm not saying it's cool. Like 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 it's not a fucked up situation to be homeless. But if you gotta be homeless, right? Like like if it has to happen, this is probably one of the best places to yeah. do it at. You know. And the guy didn't seem like he was pressed. Like, okay, I'm homeless on a white sand beach in Hawaii. It could be worse. I'm digging through the trash and I'm finding like bowls of poi and like yeah, you know <laughs> ham sandwiches. <laughs> like, There's a lot of that because they eat a lot. Eat, eat a lot of boar. Yeah, yeah. You know um, because they cooking in the dirt. They got the big pigs, the luau's. Uh, yeah, man. They make the pigs in the dirt. <laughs> yeah, spam is actually extremely spam. popular there. Yeah. Uh, spam was the first uh, meat that was brought over to the island. Is like as Yo. like as uh, in a can I've never seen spam on a restaurant menu. So I went to Hawaii. You had I almost ordered it. Right. I was like, yo, gee, I think I want the spam. Yeah. No, for I real. Want, like, like spam had, and this, this is a weird thing for me. Spam. They said, chill, Trev, you wildin'. Yeah. yeah. I almost ordered that shit. There, there's more varieties of spam per capita in Hawaii than any other place in the world. It's extremely popular. Like, if you go to, like, a real local kind type yeah. grocery store, uh, like it, it's a wall of spam. It's not just like a little small section that you come to Mad here. Spam. You right. know, and this is a weird thing for me to be promoting some vegan, but like it's <laughs> nah, <laughs> I spam wasn't at that time though. You got a vegan <laughs> spam now. <laughs> they yeah. probably do actually. <laughs> it would not surprise me at all. Bam. 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 Veggie spam. Hurry up. Show you market when this episode come out. People have to make a million dollars. Right, right. We got a billion. All right, all right. So yo, um we, we, we touched on a lot of stuff. Um but the one of the reasons why we have wigs on this week because um, there's gonna he has a project coming out now. I've checked out Wiggs' projects before. He's had some dope projects. But this one is kind of a twist than than, than others. It's um, werewolf. Jazz Club? Jasmine Taz type. Uh, yeah. So the uh, the next project coming out is a beat tape called Werewolf Jazz Club. Um, and uh, before I get into that, let me say I'm I'm very very big right now into the concept of beat tapes. Um, I feel like this is an incredible movement that's going on mm -hmm. right now. Like, uh, beat makers are in the best position that we've ever been in before. Mm. Uh, we, we now have an opportunity to establish ourselves as solo artists that can put out projects yeah. that can stand on their own. Right. And I mean this as absolutely no shade and disrespect to MCs yeah. and to the traditional idea of, of meshing an MC with a beat. But we finally have an opportunity to just just put our material out there right. and to establish ourselves as artists that don't need anyone else to complete well, our that, work. That, I, I mean, applause to that because uh, it's half. I feel like in the last five years, I've only been listening to the hip hop for the beat. That's a fact, yo. Wow. And you know what? That says a lot. I may, I may, I may as well just erase the words. And let's know what's so anymore. so real about what you just said, and and the piggyback off of the point that you're making is. We're at, a, at an interesting and strange time now where hip-hop is more than ever, in my opinion, reliant on the beat, mm -hmm. and also more than ever, the producers are not being acknowledged. Yeah, you know no, what I'm saying? Sure. Like, we came up in a time where for a long time it was this rapper and this DJ. Fresh Prince and Jazzy Jazz. 
Eric B. Rock Candy. Pete Rock, CL Smooth. Guru, Primo. We for forever. Snoop, Dre. You know what I mean? We yeah. forever. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And, and even beyond that, we knew who the producers were. They'd be like, this artist is coming out. And look all the producers that are on this album. From Illmatic and beyond, right? But now I feel like there's a couple of them. You know, Metro Boomin. Um, there's a few that you know. Mustard. like you huh? mustard? mustard? Yeah, Mustard for a minute. But I feel like Mustard is not even getting the props as much. Like now, you're getting the name of the executive producer. Mm-hmm. Right? You get DJ Khaled. Khaled Who doesn't even contribute beat. anything to the project other than yelling over it. Those beats, but you get his name. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I, and I feel like that it's, we're in a strange time where the, the music is more than ever to me, like Pete said, reliant on the beat, but we're not big enough to produce it. So what yeah. you're saying is, I think it's key. No, yeah. And it makes sense that it, yeah. you should get that recognition because of how, like I said in the last couple of years, where I've been like. Because these bums can't rap. I'm going to do this and listen to the beat. Zach not. Where's the truth? Real what Whiskey talk. said. Yeah. Real talk. Yeah. I'll co-sign that all yeah, yeah. And, and I think a lot of this has to do with the digital era because previously, like, you know, you could hold music in your hand, you know, the physical format that yeah. it was on. You could flip through the booklet and figure out who it was that produced all these beats. Yeah. In the digital era, when you're picking up stuff, you don't really got access to that information unless right. it's right there in the yeah. file, you know? Like, so we've really lost a lot of that. All right, real quick, top five producers. Top five producers. Okay. Um, Primo. Uh, oh, actually, I'm sorry. Let me start back over from the very top. Who's at number one? That's forever and always Jay Dilla until somebody makes anything better than him. Okay. Um, so Dilla, uh, then Mad Lib for me. Oh, I, 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 I feel like if, my language. I feel like if anybody like, um, and I don't know. Well, we can see it because it's on video. Um, I, like I feel like Dilla's like at that top spot. But if anybody is like doing this Mad at Lib. Dilla's top spot, it's yeah. Mad Lib. Um, so below those two, um, of course, uh, Primo, uh, Pete Rock, and Ninth Wonder. Come on, yo. Okay. It don't get too much better than that, man. What, yeah. Joe, what's your top five, Joe? I got to do it again. Yes. I got to do it again. <laughs> You've um, been over this a couple times. Yeah. I uh, listen. Um, let me see. If I remember correctly, number one is Prince Paul. Ooh, good pick. Number Producer? Two, producer is Prince Paul, yes. Okay. That was, he, like, when, when De La Soul, mm-hmm. when, De La, when Three Behind Rising came out, he was, I was like, I want to say that's the first time I could say, like, I know the song mm-hmm. that, that got sampled. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I see, like, yo, he's taking Hall and Notes and putting it to a to a beat. Like, 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 yep. What? Like, word? Um, what was it? He take, he, like, one of the one Jennifer taught me is take the money and run, for for the most part, and like that. Woo, woo, woo. Like, mm-hmm. like that's from taking the money and run. So it's like, yo, when I started listening, like, these are songs that I know. Yeah. Unless he just had like a quirky sense about him. Very so quirky. Like, that was that was it. But I think like Prince Amongst Thieves just put him over the top for me. Okay, that's one. One. That's one. Uh, Diamond D's two. Ooh, yeah. Um, I, like I said, uh, let me see. Uh, you know what? I want I think I, this one I'm not okay. Pete Rock for. Dang it! I want to say it's a tie for five between Alchemist and um, like I said, Jeff Barrow and Adrian Ellie from Portishead. Those two guys are freaking amazing. Whatever. I mean, like, like three albums, but like every all three albums that they they dropped for Portishead. See how he snuck three bang. people into the five spot. I know that was slick. That I like was that. Very slick, right? Sir. Cause I didn't Very want to forget well those like 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 they they like when I first heard only you by Portishead I was like this is like the greatest song ever in history, and then um yo Inspector Deck produced um Trust Kiss of the Black Widow okay 
on um on RZA's album, Vibe Digital, that yeah. first Vibe Digital album. And that's a Portis head. That's a Portis head sample. Yeah, okay, I know. What you're so about. it's like, yo, once those two things, like, yo, these two dudes is freaking nice. You're a very big Portis head sampler as well. I, maybe like one or two. Yeah, two songs. Maybe two songs. What about maybe you, Whiskey? Three. What's your top five? Yo, Mad Lib. I'm put Mad Lib. I'm gonna put him at the top. I gotta put Primo in there. I want to enter the Woo world, and I kind of want to put RZA because I feel like I need to, but I really want to put Fourth Disciple. Fourth Disciple? Ooh. Um, RZA gets a lot of credit for a lot of the stuff that he those guys did. Yeah, yeah, right, like, exactly. Not taking nothing away from RZA, right. but... Kind of like how Dre gets a lot of credit right. for a lot of stuff. So yeah, I'm not same thing with Puff. Dre. Same thing, yeah. <laughs> we know Puff. I still call him Puff. Touch of NPC in his life. Uh, <laughs> right. But, um... Yo, I like DJ Scratch. Man, me too. <laughs> I like DJ yeah. Scratch yeah, a lot. Oh, where am I? I'm at four or three. I'm at four. That's four. I'm gonna um I wanna throw I wanna throw it off. There's a lot of names I could say, but today I'm gonna say Battle Cat. Ooh. Very underrecognized. Yeah, I'm gonna yeah. say Battle Cat just to throw, you know, some spice in there, you know, but uh he did a lot of just for that. The signature West Coast sound. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like danceable hip hop music. Yeah, like post G Funk. Yeah, like, like he, you like, know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, he was in the G Funk too, but like as far as like representing that, like right. post like its like main popularity era, right. like he really held that down. Like especially like when Snoop did that East Side is Group. Yeah, exactly. Um, exactly. I, I, I can't remember the name of the single off of that, but anyway, he did a lot of that production. He did on a that lot album. of stuff out there, and it was like. Um, I always say, like, in my mind, when I break it down, the contributions of hip-hop, I say, um, we know how it started. I said the East, I feel like the East brought, focused in and kind of stepped up the level of lyricism. Like, really focusing on words and methods of being lyrical. I feel like the West really focused on production and beats. You know what I mean? Expanding what it meant to create hip-hop beats and expand what a hip-hop beat could be. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I always salute the West on their production. Um, and I feel like the South bought cadence. You know what I mean? They bought a lot of styles and just... Uh, da, 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 you know what I mean? I think of... Of course, I think of 3-6. Of course. Um... All the way to Migos. I feel like the South has always been focused more on how do we say what we want to say. You know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. And that's what, what, as far as the West and speaking on Battle Cat, I feel like um, man, they they bought, they made the music fun again. You know what I mean? Uh, of course, I have an East Coast bias because that's where I'm from, but um, I feel like New York. And the East Coast made the music very serious and very heady. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Very cerebral. You kind of had to think about the music. You kind of had to really take it in. Like, even if you dance to hip-hop music from the East, you just dance from the neck up. That's where the nod came from. Ooh. Well said. You know what I'm saying? Well That's where said. the nod came from. You just dance from the, he- the neck up. Moved here, I remember when I first moved here, I'd go to, like, Red Iguana. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I think it turned to 106 after that. But, uh... That's yeah, that's all I would do. You just nod. 
But once you get to the West, now the girls is coming out with, with small shorts. <laughs> and you love it. And you got to think. Not to. Yeah, you got to think guys like Battle Cat. You got to think Dre. You got to think Too Short and Sugar Free. And all of these kind of people yeah. who kind of like told the girls to take their clothes off, man. All right. God bless yeah, them. See, but that's what I, see, I always liked hip-hop music that the beat was, uh, that, that, uh, was not, that the beat was awesome, but the lyrics is what drove the song. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, so I want to hear uh, wordsmiths with it. And yeah. I do stuff. That's why, yeah. like, uh. That's why I can't I, fuck with mumble rappers. Me yeah. I, I don't fuck, like, to me, I don't, I don't know a lot of producers. I'm one of, that, one of them people. But, like, I think Kanye does a pretty good job. Like, yeah, Kanye yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Both. I think he does both where I feel like I, he can put out a track where I can dance to, but then he can also put out a track yeah. with good lyrics behind it and then sound good. Yeah. And I like that kind of thing. The crazy thing about mumble rappers is they always, ha- always have a cadence. That's all they got. That's all they have. Right. It's kind of like the new form of scatting. Uh, you said what? It's wow. like the new form of scatting. Wow. You know? Yo, like, that that's, please, uh... Please, can you write a book about that? I mean, in fact, like, you know, like, that's kind of one of the things, like, when you when you look at the evolution of, like, different styles of hip-hop, like, think about how, like, we started, like, in the early to late 70s, yeah. you know, with a, it's a hip, the hop, a yeah. hip, a, a hip, you know, like, it's very stupid simple, yeah. and it took a long time for it to develop. Right. And think about the Southern style as well. Like, we started with something, like, really, really yeah. stupid simple, and it really took almost about 10 to something years before right. it developed into something that we could actually like really fucking be proud of yeah. and be like yeah you know what the south's dope you know like yeah. it's not just like club music yeah. like we could really put out dope shit but it took a while for that style to develop yeah i think that might actually be happening with the mumble rappers but we're just in such an early stage of it right now yeah that we don't really understand what it is and it just sounds like shit you know right but like once it develops and once it evolves right like it might be the new form of scatting and in, in a way it's almost just kind of like an addition to the production as right. opposed to like standing as I a agree. lyricist i agree with so you. Yeah. like eventually it might be something worth listening to for right now. It's really yeah. kind of just embarrassing, but you know. That's so, that's so like on point because I, I think about that. Like I said, I mentioned the West Coast and their, their beat production taking the forefront of their music. Mm-hmm. It took a while before they incorporated complex lyrics into their music. It was like, we worried about the beat. Is the beat dope? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And then later on came the Razzcasts and the Dilators and all of that. The, you know what I'm saying? And the, the exhibits question is, and all of them. are the mumble rappers the participation award of hip-hop? I mean, oh. it it doesn't <laughs> seem like they're trying. I'll give you that. But, but like, it feels like that. Like, and that's because I don't really feel like they really understand their place and, like, yeah. where this could go yet. Yeah. You know? Like, uh, there's a lot of people that jump on this just because it's yeah. a, because it's an occupational choice. Right. You know? They, they, they jump on this because this is how they make a living. Right. And they understand what's popular and they jump on that. And I, I, I'm, I'm not a big fan of that because I'm a big fan of the artistry. And, yeah. I'm, I, I, and I'm big on holding standards to hip-hop because yeah. I love right. this shit so much that I always want it to be at its optimal level. Yeah. And, like, that shit just doesn't doesn't feel like it's optimal level, yeah. but just like the Sugar Hill Gang didn't feel like right. it's optimal level, just like Master That's P really didn't feel like it's optimal down. level, and eventually we might get there, but right with, now, with, with, yeah. low-key Jomo's you know a mumble you... rapper. Joe, Joe oh, is, is that no, he's not. Oh, snap. No, he's not. <laughs> nah, this dude's been spitting about cool shit since the moment I met him, actually. For a very long time. Yeah. Very long time. Yeah. I met this dude in 2009 at an open mic, and yeah. uh, I immediately, like, I approached basically nobody else at that open mic. I made a point 
to come over here yeah. to Joma and be like, I fuck with what you're doing. Right. I like what you're doing. You're doing something different than every other cat that took this stage tonight, and <laughs> I like you. Please keep coming to this because you're pretty much right. my shining moment of having to DJ for these cats. Right. I really I feel like... Hold on. No, go ahead, go ahead. I want to say, like, I perform words from K in front of Wiz. Dope shit. Those, you know how I feel about that. You know what I mean? That's that's but that's that's the point of real lyricism. You know what I'm saying? Really like putting all of your effort into your words. Yeah. And what does it mean? And what am I saying? What's the message I'm trying to get across? But to your point about being early in the state, I, I never heard that take, but you really like I had to reel it back and really put my finger like this on side of my face. You know what I'm saying? Because <laughs> Because that make a lot of sense to think every time something, a new angle is introduced, it still has to incubate and develop in its own time. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So now if, you, if you're describing mumble rap in that way, it makes sense to say, okay, mumble rap is something new that's introduced, but it still has to incubate and develop and incorporate those other aspects of hip-hop that have already been developed over time. Mm -hmm. So it's not going to have a whole lot of poignant content and, and meaning throughout the lyrics because we haven't even figured out how to say something meaningful in this cadence yet. You know what I mean? First, we have to master the cadence. Right. Once we okay. master, because if this is cadence-centric, that's our first focus. Mm -hmm. Once we master the cadence, then we can incorporate content and meaning and, and all of these things. So that's that's really ill, and that really makes me uh, feel like I gotta give Migos more time. All right. You know, like, like I kind of think like uh, about beat makers at Rom. You know, like like you think about like Madlib. Yeah. You know, uh, uh, Dilla, Kanye, um, and, and and think about kind of like a, like an early part of his career. Like yeah. not really good yeah. you know yeah. um but but they understand their place within the overall composition right. of the music and, 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 and have it right right and and because they understand like how their voice meshes with the music they understand like that they're basically like an additional instrument to the music right. yeah. so even though they might not be the Damn. best lyricist they're adding something that we're willing to listen to, Please. you know? Like, I mean, like, thank you. You know, because, like, look, He's I'm dropping I, some jewels right I, I now, y'all. I, I love Madlib. Madlib's probably a lot one of y'all are greatest. slow, but if y'all pay attention, y'all pick it up. I yeah. promise. Like, Madlib's one of my greatest influences, especially like when you start talking about like his Quasimodo stuff, yeah. where it's all the yeah. helium voice and everything. Yeah. You know, like, it just it has a place within the sound, and even though it's not great, like rock him level yeah. lyricism, it has its place in the music, and sonically. it's fun to listen to. Sonically, exactly. Yeah. Sonically, it sounds good, and it yeah. works. And eventually, the mumble rap might get there, but it might take ten years. Yeah, right, you know, because it took about ten years with every other style. Damn, you know, damn. From bro. Sugar Hill to Rock him, it took a minute. <laughs> From Master P to Big Crit, it took a minute. You know right, what yeah. I'm saying? So, yo, hold on. Let, damn, let, yo, yeah, that's that, that, you that, out. Cause, cause me out. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, co uh, a couple, uh, couple more things. Um, um, first. Yeah, I didn't the, even promote my project. Yeah, Look yeah, cool yeah. Shirt. <laughs> Let me shout out his cool ass shirt and hat. Yeah, we can. Yo, shout out to um. When shout out to my shirt and my hat. Um, <laughs> Yo, that's uh, we talking about producers and rappers. Yeah. Shout out to Vam coming. These soon. are two Vegas of the. Fam. Shout out to Vam. Shout out to Vam. Definitely. <laughs> but these are two of the producers slash MC. Iconic, legendary, super duper, like the the, met, the the combination, the mesh. This is a two of the best times and ways they've ever been done. Mm -hmm. Would you agree, Joe? Yes. Mob D, P. Rock, C. L. Smooth. Yeah. They reminisce over you. Is my favorite hip hop song. Like it's like like, like bar none. Like that's my favorite hip hop song. 
I'm stop. Yeah. I was gonna um, make a yo, statement that was um, gonna be uh, but uh unfair. but uh let's get back to world world um, Werewolf Jazz Club. Oh, yeah, yeah, that oh, project I'm doing. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm working on a project right now, like I said earlier, uh, really, really super focused on beat tape culture and uh, pushing forth beat makers as being able to present solo projects that uh, hold weight with the listening audience that don't feel incomplete until an MC steps on. And again, I mean, zero disrespect to MCs. I love working with MCs. I've, I've had pleasure working with Can we disrespect the whack MCs? I mean, all disrespect to whack MCs. All disrespect to whack MCs. The Bozak, yeah. but Get the Bozak, <laughs> you know, like. <laughs> but uh, but so so Werewolf Jazz Club is something that I've been conceptualizing over the last few years, and it kind of took me a minute to really kind of get in the right headspace, and also to figure out exactly how I wanted it to sound. Right. Uh, it went through a lot of different incarnations, but now it's finally about um, it's finally right, and it's yeah. about halfway through right now. Should be dropping this summer, probably about July or August. Cool. And uh, it, I, I'm a big jazz fan. Like, um, th- most likely, if I'm not listening to hip hop, I'm listening to jazz. Uh, Miles, Miles Davis means uh, such an immense amount to my life that I, it'd be difficult What's your favorite to... favorite Miles Davis joint? Like album or joint? Joint. Ooh, favorite... Uh, ooh, boy. Favorite Miles... Um, probably Freddie Freeloader off mm. uh, um, of uh, Kind of Blue. Mm. Is, uh, means a lot to me. Mm. I hate to name off his most popular album like that, okay. but Freddie Freeloader on Kind of Blue means a lot. Um, yeah. Either it's between ESP or in a silent way as far as his five favorite albums go for me, but I'm a big jazz fan. Um, it's uh, it's the bebop era, the hard bop era, that whole thing that means a lot it's to me. It's hip-hop's uncle, by the way. It really, if really are, is. If you are a hip-hop guy and you're not dealing with jazz, you're probably not really a hip-hop guy. Perhaps not. Uh, and and it, it it teaches me so much about beat making as, as yeah. far as like composition of the music and everything, and uh, and I love it so much and I listen to it so much. I was inspired to make a project that really celebrated the sound of jazz. Shout out to um, that, man. And I uh, and I spent a lot of time like listening to drum patterns and trying to figure out how best I can incorporate that into hip hop beats and also trying to figure out time signatures. You know, because hip hop's four four. It's yeah. one two three four. Yeah. Jazz doesn't work that way. Yeah. Jazz has got some complex that. time signatures. Yeah. So figuring out how to sample that music and to reinterpret that into hip hop beats yeah. uh, w- was a hell of a journey for me. It's probably why it took so long for this project to really come to fruition. Yeah. Um, but but I finally found that right place um and it's called werewolf jazz club and it's basically the 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 jazziest of hip-hop beats that i could make with respect to the drum structure of bebop jazz can i ask you because um we lucky we got it we we like how you were when you were like a dj and you went to like bad beats and it was like here dj this is early you know what i mean we got a little early clip of the werewolf jazz when can other people Get a chance to hear yeah. the Werewolf Jazz Club. Um, well, I, I don't know. Is, is the clip going to be played as part of the podcast? Um, do you want us to do that? If you you are that. more than welcome to put that on the podcast. I intended Bye. for that to be a Doers and Sayers exclusive. Okay. Oh, right, so, so, uh, so, uh, so I, 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 I did put together a three-beat... <laughs> so I did put together a three-beat teaser that was intended here for the podcast. So if that, if that ends up being included somewhere here, then you will be the absolute first and the only people that have heard any of is this so far, except way? other than my fiance. Is there any Because way? she had to put up with it. Because I've been drinking. I've been drinking. That's my guy right there. But, <laughs> yo, is there any way that you will create merch that has a werewolf playing jazz? I need a werewolf with a saxophone on a Michael shirt. J. Fox or what? I do need Michael oh, J. Fox wow. 
to play. Oh, man, we just took like a team wolf. Can we do that? Oh, my God. Yo, look, listen. He's, this is my, this is, this is my brother from another. Yo, that's a fact. If you can get a, a werewolf jazz T-shirt or hoodie, I prefer a hoodie because I'm from New York. That's just how I live my life. Word up. But either way, a hat, any werewolf jazz merch, I will heavily rock and promote any chance that I get. I think that's necessary. But what I heard. Yo, yeah, G, yeah. that's kind of crazy. Yes, good stuff. It's kind of crazy, yo. I appreciate And a that. lot of people um, need that. And for the people that don't know they need that, their life's going to be hard. <laughs> yeah, but not, but they'll know they need it when they hear it. They'll know they need it when they hear it. Yeah. And All if right. they don't, their life's just going to be hard. Some yep. people got to have a hard life. You'll be right. twitching we're, like we're, Michael J. Fox. That's a fact. Yep. I wish we had more time to talk. But we was like, we got to wrap because you're about to have something else here. But um, I want to thank you personally for coming on the show. I appreciate Yo, that, man. Long time I appreciate coming. that. Yeah. <laughs> Is it is it at all possible that I could get a quick story in before we uh, close out the episode? Well, before before we do that, let, let me let me let me do this. Um, we got you a gift because we, oh, we, wow. we we appreciate you coming on and we want to thank you just for all that you've done. Um, yeah, go ahead, Alex. Please bring that over. Look, it's not it's not the your jacket. wife been holding secrets out on you. Yeah, what is it's this? Not the jack, it's not the jacket. It's not the jacket. Yeah, it's what's underneath the jacket. Oh, what is it? Hold on. This is a hell of a reveal. This is fancy. Oh, my God. Come on, I ain't going to do it. Joe got to do it. Oh, my God. Okay. Let's see what we got here, man. Oh, my God. You guys are too much. You just not a regular guest. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Why don't you show the camera? Show the camera real quick. Happy Rusev Day. (laughs) If you're a pro wrestling fan, you know exactly what this is. This is beautiful. Oh, my God. And there's there's two pairs. I'm going to wear this on my wedding night, actually. That's what I'm going to do. Hold on. There's two pairs right here, right? Because if y'all know, my my little tagline that I put in all the – I put it all in the mix. That whole little stutter that – y'all know what it is. Yo, he got – it's DJ Wiggs Ross. Hey, it's got DNS over here on the legs, too. Like, that makes it super official. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh my God! Thank y'all so much. I, oh, I, like, I, I'm not kidding. I'm wearing. Yo, we this gonna on, live host wedding your wedding. Let it, let it we gonna live yeah, host your right? wedding, yo. Right? Oh yeah. my God! Wow. I can't. I can't. Word up, y'all are amazing. Thank y'all so much. I can't kind of wait, but I, yo, like, yo. I love y'all. Yo, we live host your wedding in Honolulu. Joe did always tell me that he wanted to get the DJ I wanted to say, um, because like I said, me, me and Wiggs are both big wrestling fans, and I remember there was one episode. Of, of I think it was either Raw or SmackDown and New Day came out and they had and I guess it was like Rusev had a Christmas a bag a Christmas bag right he's playing fake Santa yeah so New Day goes in the bag and look and pulls out <laughs> these underwear and it says Happy Rusev Day and I'm like and I'm and I, and I think I either tweeted you or I tagged you in a picture saying I think I found your birthday present <laughs> you did and he, You're right. and he was like and he was like he just laughed and it was like. I'm gonna make, and I'm thinking in my head, I'm gonna make this happen. This is gonna happen. So, um, yeah. shout out to Park City Prince. Shout out to, um, shout out to Park, shout City, Park Prince. City Prince for making yo, that happen. Thanks to my man happening. right here. So, yo, oh my God. Black Atticus is that man. I was like, yo, can you do this? And he's like, yeah, I could, yeah, just give me, let me know where to wear and we'll get it done. It was like, and so we got that done. Oh my God. Like, Thank you. <laughs> oh, that used to belong to me? 
No. no oh, okay. No, no. <laughs> no, we, no, we messaged. I was I like, Alex is going to feel I, some kind I, of way I, about I, that. I messaged <laughs> Alex. I messaged Alex like, Alex, um, if you don't mind sharing, um, I need to know um, Wiggs' underwear size. because <laughs> It's we a weird question. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Pretty weird, right? I, as I far as weird questions go. We have a gag if we want to do for him. but we don't. cup size was Pete's question. Yeah. But we have these underwear that we want to do for him, but it's like we don't know what underwear size. Can you just let us know? It's like. If you if you feel comfortable doing it, it's like oh heck yeah, like, yeah here, this, she this, was like, with it. I'm yeah, do it. I'm ready to see it. Like so I she wait. knew this entire time. Okay. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Like I messaged I messaged her the other night. Like wait, you didn't tell him, did you? Like no, he was just look, he was just looking at my phone too. So I'm glad <gasps> I got my phone back before. Uh, so <laughs> Yeah. And for the record, I don't go through her phone on any sort of suspicious, like suspicious right, yeah. shit. Like yeah, we yeah. got all the trust in the world. We just do it because we use each other's that technology. Means you know, that means like, it's gonna yeah. work. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Uh, it's the right. first one that's ever gonna work. Wow. Oh my god. Yeah. So, <laughs> they were gonna be pink, but then uh, right? I think somebody decided against. They went with the gray. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I got a, a, a real quick story that I've actually been saving for this podcast. Okay, I, I've, I've been thinking for the longest time on, like, what sort of format I want to get this in. And I know, I know we're short on time, so I'll make this quick. Um, but I, I think it's really important for creative types and for artists. And uh, it's, it's something that's absolutely changed my life here in the last year. So um, about a year ago, um, a really, really well-known DJ, like one of my top two influences, like, when I name off my top influences, I say, and I'm not going to say this guy's name because I don't want to throw any shade, uh, but my top two influences like Jazzy Jeff and this guy, right? Yeah. So the, this guy starts looking into doing some online radio, somebody that I respect a lot. Like, it's a, mm-hmm. it's a legend, right? So um, he wants to do some online radio. So I reach out to him like, man, you know what? Like, I respect this guy. I would love to be part of what he's doing. So I reach out to him, and I was like, hey, man, uh, you sent me some more information on this. I'd love to be part of this online radio show that you're doing. And uh, he hits me back and said, yeah, yeah, man, appreciate that. You know, like, here's this and this, and it's going to be $40 an episode. Mm. So, I'm sorry. Uh, excuse me? Like, I, I just offered you my services for free. Like, yeah. you, you're going to charge me $40. I like, And, you know, I, I'm no spring chicken, so I've been a lo- I ran around long enough to know there's no money in online yeah. radio, you know? Yeah. Uh, I was like, I, you must think me to be real stupid here, yeah. you know. But I was super respectful when I responded. I was like, hey, man, thank you for the information. I thank you for your time. $40 an episode is kind of a deal breaker for me. But, yeah. you know, thank you. And I wish you the best in this endeavor. And, you know, you always yeah. got a supporter in me. I'm a longtime fan. You know, big up. Yeah. And um, so he hits me back. He says, hey, man, you know, I, I appreciate your honesty. Um, you know, and, and I'm glad you let me know this because we weren't looking for no amateur DJs. Mm. Wow. Man, that hit my heart. Yeah. That really, really hit my heart. And, uh, you know, like, I, I really felt some kind of way about that. I've just been dissed by one yeah. of my biggest influences. I just yeah. got called an amateur DJ, you know? Yeah. Like, that shit, that shit hurt. Like, because it was meant to hurt, you know? Yeah. Like, 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 he was meant, he was trying to throw barbs back, yeah. you know? And, and, like, not only was he throwing barbs back, like, I was being treated like I was kind of stupid. Like, as if yeah. I was like, oh, well, I'm going to show you. I'm going to give you my money and show you what's up. Right, like, right, right. Like, that was supposed yeah. to be my response? Yeah. Um, so, you know, it continues to bother me for a few days. So I'm driving along one day, and I'm still, like, driving along, steering, and, like, man, what the fuck, man? Why, why, how the fuck you don't call me an amateur DJ? Yada, yeah. yada. I can't believe. I can't believe. No, 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 no. Right? And then it hits me. What does it mean to be an amateur DJ? It means that you don't do this shit professionally. Yeah. Right? It means that you don't make a living off of this. Yeah. And for almost, uh, for, for well over a decade, I've been trying to make a living off of this. Yeah. And I actually never reached that point. But I had, I had tried really, really hard. And 
as you know how they always say, if you do what you don't want to do now, then eventually you'll get to do what you want to do later. Yeah. That was my attitude, you know. And so I, I found myself playing in places like Belk and Victoria's Secret and Forever yeah. 21 and places like that, trying to make a living off DJ. Yeah. And like, I'm the guy at, at hip hop shows that knows all the lyrics to Gangstar and EPMD songs. Yeah. I shouldn't be fucking playing at Belk. Yeah. That's no, kind of that. That's kind of terrible. And, and I started thinking about the things that I had done in order to try to make myself into a professional in the music business. Yeah. And then I started thinking about what it meant to be an amateur DJ. And I started thinking about the people that I respect the most. And I know I brought up the Boom Bat Monthly a whole bunch in this, but that's because uh, I love those guys. I, I, yeah. I don't know any other way to say it. They're doing a beautiful thing in the city that I currently reside in, and I, I love those guys a lot. And I started thinking, like, man, one of those guys is a teacher. Yeah. One of those guys works in his family's uh, like uh, backpack and luggage business. Yeah. The, uh, the the other one works in like the dopest taco shop in East Knox, uh, probably East Nashville. None of those guys are professionals. Yeah. So and I started thinking to myself, I was like, man, you know what? I can name way more amateurs that I respect yeah. than I can name professionals that I respect. And I'm yeah. not gonna and I'm not gonna throw any shade in you know on any professionals, but like throw that shade. Fuck that. Well, no, I'm not gonna name any names, yeah. but like. That's There's a whole problem. lot of them that, like, I've seen do things that was like, man, that's fucking yeah. whack, you know? And I started looking back at some of the stuff I was doing. I was like, you know, like, I'm not playing shitty music when I'm at Belk, but what the fuck am I doing at Belk? Yeah. You yeah. know? Yeah. So it kind of it dawned on me. I was like, man, you know what? One of the greatest things that I, I, I could probably do for myself is to quit trying to chase this shit as a profession. Yeah. And if I draw back, because ever since I graduated college, I've taken just run-of-the-mill whatever jobs. I've been, I've been waiting tables. I've been delivering food. I was doing yeah. all this shit just to get by because what I wanted to really do was do music as a profession. Yeah. And it hit me in that moment. If I stop trying to do music as a profession and I take some other job, that's a little nine to five, yeah. you know, whiskey knows a little bit about what I do, I you know, um, then I can do this and I can do whatever I want with music. That's real. I don't ever take another gig at another corporate retail spot. I don't ever have to play anything that right. I have to play. Like, I don't have to do anything artistically with this music and culture that I really, truly love more than anything else yeah. in my life that I don't want to do. Yeah. And in that, so, so in that moment, by this legend, trying to throw barbs at me, it changed my entire life. Yeah. And, uh, and, and, and changed my entire like career trajectory. Yeah. And at that point, I went and I, I took up an opportunity that I had to have like a nine to five day job. It's like, look, if I'm gonna sell my soul to do some shit, I'm gonna sell some, I'm not gonna sell out hip hop. Yeah. You know, like I, 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 I've gotta quit looking at things in that mindset. And I know so many of us are trying to make a living off of this. So many of us are trying yeah. to fill our pockets with this. We're trying to make this our livelihood. And I don't want to, you know, uh, discourage anyone from trying to do that. Yeah. But understand that maybe if that's not exactly in the cards for you, then the best thing that you can do for yourself is stay true to this artistry, stay true to yourself, right. do exactly what you want to do, don't right. do anything that you don't want to do. Right. And ever since I took that mindset, Ever since I took my little day job and I've started like doing hip hop yeah, for real. nothing else other than love, no, that's, then that's I haven't taken a single gig that I didn't want to play. I haven't made a single beat for anybody that I didn't want to work with. Yeah. I have gotten to do exactly what I want to do for the love of this art and for this culture. And it's been one of the most uplifting and happiest things uh, yeah. that's happened to me in hip hop in the longest time. And it really reset myself. And it's one of the greatest yeah. reasons that I'm pushing Werewolf Jazz Club right now because now I'm back to doing exactly yeah. 
and nothing else other than exactly what I want to do. Yo, word up, word up. So I definitely, I definitely want to salute you for that because there's a big lesson to be learned from that. You know what I'm saying? Because we all gotta do, we all gotta pay the bills, right? We all have to pay the bills, right? But we all have to fulfill ourselves for what maybe not financially is going to satisfy our um, satisfy us financially, but it's going to satisfy us in other ways. You know what I mean? Whether it be your heart, your spirit, your mind. You know what I mean? There's a lot of different ways to be satisfied. Now, financially, got to happen. Got to happen. Got to pay those bills. You know what I'm saying? So if you could find something that could satisfy you, satisfy you financially, allow you to pay the bills, and still afford you the ability to satisfy those other areas, mental, spiritual, yeah. you know what I mean? Your soul, just your heart. Mm-hmm. Then that's a cool trade-off. You know what I'm saying? But I feel like don't sign up for something that will satisfy you financially at the at the detriment or at the um the risk of not being satisfied with your soul, your heart, mm-hmm. your mind, your spirit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because sometimes we will we'll say, "Oh, I got to do this." And by doing this, we suffer all here too. We're going to suffer here cuz we got to do this. Mhm. You know struggle. you're gonna suffer here, right? But Somewhere. You're also gonna suffer all across the board here. Mm-hmm. That's not worth it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? If if you gotta suffer one place, accept it in that one place. Mm-hmm. But allow it to provide you the opportunity to satisfy your soul, satisfy your mind, satisfy your heart. And I think that's what you're describing is a situation where you know what? I gotta work this job. I don't love this job. This is not my primary, my priority kind of like obligation, something that I, I would love to do the rest of my life. But you know what? This, by me pouring into this, it affords me the opportunity to balance that seesaw mm-hmm. with the things that I love, mm-hmm. the things that replenish my soul. And that's a huge, huge jewel yeah. that a lot of people don't consider. You know yeah. what I mean? They feel like it's all or nothing, and it's not. Yeah. You know what I mean? Sometimes you got to make a calculated trade-off mm-hmm. of your spirit and your time. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I feel like you've done that, and that's dope. Yeah. Like, uh, when, I, when I first started DJing, I told myself, I was like, you know what? Uh, I understand. Like, I do underground slash independent hip-hop. Th- there's no future as far as, like, a professional career for me in this. Don't so I understand. No there's so little future, but there is a future. Well, it's possible, but not um, you know, and no shade on the cities that I've lived in, but not in the cities that I was living in. Okay, you know, um, so and I, and I realized that, and I told myself, I was like, you know what, I'll always work a secondary job, and that's okay, and I appreciate that because I love this art and this culture too much to you know sell this yeah. short. Um, it actually wasn't until uh, my second trip up to New York City as part of a college radio conference that I was like, oh wow, I'm surrounded by a bunch of people that are just like me and have somehow found jobs yeah. in this. Wow, yeah. maybe I could find a job in this. So I spent the next ten years trying to find a job in this, and that wasn't coming to fruition. So, um, so basically, you know, finding myself in that spot, there was like, okay, you know what? It's time to get back to doing this for the love. And I yeah. fi- and, I, and I found myself since that situation here about a year or so ago 
happier doing music than uh, happier than I've been since that time that I started chasing yeah. that. And it's uh, been one of the just greatest upticks to my life. Yeah. You know, like it's probably right. second only to marrying the woman of my dreams. <laughs> All right. That was slick. Yeah, Yo, that was slick. Hold up. <laughs> Shout out to the woman of his dreams. All right, so so you have any shouts you want to give their wigs? Um, man, um, absolutely. I mean, shout out to all of y'all here, doers and sayers, man. I, 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 I love what y'all are doing here. Y'all are documenting the culture. Y'all are talking to people, allowing them to share their stories. That means so much, not only to the local scene that y'all cover, but to the overall discussion of hip hop and to the understanding of what it is that it means to be a part of this culture. So, I mean, huge salute right here to doers and sayers. Thank you. Um, right. And uh, and and then salute to everybody that I've I've had the opportunity to work with and will have the opportunity to work with in the future. It's uh it's the most wonderful, it's one of the most wonderful aspects of my life that I got to be involved in all of this. Yeah. And I count myself as extremely lucky that I got to be a member of this hip hop culture. Yo, all right, yeah. real. All right, word. Pete, what you got over there? Yo, I'm just shouting out uh Vam Vegan Spam that's coming to you. All right, I'll be first in line for yeah, that. That's my, that's my only shout out for today. All right, Wasabi, what you got? Um. I don't know why. I feel like because Pete ain't been around, it's on me to shout out Large Breasts. Oh, damn. Yeah. True. True. Yo, shout out Large Breasts, yo. It's one of my favorite parts of every episode. <laughs> it's true. I appreciate that. All right. Sorry, else? baby. <laughs> anything else there, Wasabi? So I got right now, oh, man. And, I've been and drinking. Yo, and shout I've out to drinking. the girls that got to grab their wallet over their shoulder because they ass so big. So. Wow. Oh, <laughs> He's a legend. Please, <laughs> please don't ever leave us here without without Happy April, man. We need Happy April on this damn show. All right. Why oh. is, who says that? Nobody I don't. I don't. Nobody you're right. Nobody. Nobody. You're right. Nobody says that. I'm. I'm. I'm also here. Yo. Um. I want to give a shout out to Wicks for coming on. Thank Yo, you once again for coming on. Yo. Thank y'all for having um, me. It's been an honor. Once again, a shout out to Park City Prince for the for the for the yeah, merchandise. For the draw. Uh, yep. Shout out to Alex for uh like like oh, I'm sorry, Wig's fiance. I'll edit that part out if you're fine with it. Uh, you might edit shit out. She's my fiance. Okay, huh? okay. Alex. Shout out to Alex it's for um for uh, keeping one, right? it for keeping it hush <laughs> and not letting them know and, and answering our questions because we had to know and just like a good she woman, very, man. She uh, good she's sport. an amazing yeah. woman. You did well, sir. Yeah, I got lucky. <laughs> oh. Ooh. Ooh. I'm so wrong. He was trying to be respectful, yeah. but since you brought it there. Yeah. <laughs> 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 All right. And hey, yo, that's gonna wrap it up for this week's episode of um DNS. Yo, um do you, wait, where can people follow you if they want to follow you? Um let's see here. It's uh at DJ underscore wigs on Twitter. It's uh straight DJ I don't let me spell it, make sure you get it correct because a lot of people put two G's and a Z on that shit, and that's just not correct. It's just like the hair piece. DJ right. W-I-G-S. That's what it is on Instagram. Um, and, and honestly, the best thing you can probably do is just Google me um, yeah. because I come up in multiple places. And that's not trying to brag. It's just I've put myself out yeah. probably more than I should sometimes. Um, so, uh, But probably Mixcloud is actually one of the best places you can catch me um, or on right. Bandcamp. Uh, actually, Mixcloud is probably the best. We can catch DJ mixes and beat tapes. Nice. Shout out DJ Wigs. Do your right. Googles. <laughs> right. Oh, one last question. How many ones have to go in this bag? To uh, get another Plunderphonics album. Oh, good question. Um, <laughs> to get another what? Plunderphonics album. Ooh, yeah, I, I, w- I was part of a trio for a little while. That was uh, Jay Bush and Lane Schuler, um, and Yo, I, I DJed for him and made beats. Um, we'll see if that ever happens again. I don't know. It, it was um, it was kind of just a moment in time. It was right place, and right. 
you know, sometimes it, uh, sometimes trying to go back and capture the magic right. uh, just doesn't uh, just doesn't happen. It's like it's like when uh, artists try to go and make a part two to a classic album. Yeah. Like right. th- there can only be only built for Cuban Links. One. Yeah, when you do part two, yeah. it's dope because it's still Ray the yeah. Chef. But like at the same time, it's like it just right. don't. Yeah. Doesn't got the same magic to it. Right, so yeah. it's Plunderphonics is probably just a moment in time. Um, unfortunately, it's basically not available anywhere other than just the single is out there and streaming. Um, it's actually the oh. first beat of mine that ever got used by anybody. Right. Um, so, but anyway, uh, who knows? It might happen again. We'll see. All right. I'm, a, wor- I'm a working man. Big beats too, man. Yeah. Oh man, yeah. Please check that out. Yo, All proceeds go to the ACLU. Seriously, cop a cassette. Yeah, we're keeping Ooh. kids out of cages and so. fuck Trump. That's a good idea. What's it called again? The Tangerine Mussolini. Tangerine Mussolini. All right. Yeah. Tangerini. Yep. Let's get this country right. On that note, we're going to end this episode. So for uh, Wasabi Wilson, Pete Gaper, I am Joe McKinnon. This is DNS signing off. Peace.